Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Pad of City Weekly. And uh, as always, as we're waiting for the, the latecomers, the stragglers and stuff like that, we'll do a bit of housekeeping. Of course, this past Monday night was the first ever Cardiff City fan show live from the Rum and Tavern pub in Cardiff. And uh, we'll be there every single Monday. So please do come down, have your say, talk all things Cardiff City. Debate the subjects. Talk about the game from the weekend. Talk about should Ruben Corwell go on loan? Are Cardiff in the playoff race? Loads of different things to discuss. We want to hear you. We want to see you. Come on down. Grab a drink. Have your say. If you don't want to be on camera, you don't want to join us for the fan show like in the debate, but you want to watch, come down, have a drink, say hello. It's all good fun, good chat, all the rest of it. Everybody's welcome. All views welcome, etc. Be respectful, don't be a dick. Everybody's welcome, as usual. Um, we have, of course, Roderick Giggs on football tomorrow night, every Thursday, talking all things football, more sort of Premier League, Champions League, stuff like that. Cardiff City Weekly at the moment is on a Wednesday. That might be changing because of the fan show on a Monday. We might make it so we only do the Wednesday Cardiff show if we play on the Tuesday. Um, just because it's a bit of overkill to have the two so close together. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And uh, my story, our series uh, featuring an array of guests from music, sports and uh, media, films and stuff like that. Uh, footballers, whatever you want. Uh, that'll be back soon for a sixth series. We've had all sorts of guests on there. So please do look out for that. Check it out. Already filmed the first episode of that new series uh, with a stand-up comedian. And, and uh, there's loads of stuff. Oh, there's uh, loads of interviews with various footballers and Cardiff City legends on the channel. So please do check them out. If you'd like to become a member, patreon.com slash acepodcastnation. Become a member. £2.50, I think it is, uh, per month. And you get exclusive content. You also get uh, early 24 hours early access to tickets. Uh, so, for instance, uh, we got the Andy Campbell 
uh, an evening with City Legends number one on the the what is it third of November. Uh, you can click the QR code right there if you'd like to get a ticket. I believe there's a couple left. Uh, it's only five pounds. You get to spend an evening with Cardiff City Legend, asking questions, talk about it. Very intimate. It's going to be a lot of fun. The first one's third of November with Andy Campbell. Me and him reunited. Should be a good, good time. And then the next one I can announce today will be the 1st of December. Uh, so keep that free because it's going to be with another city legend. And uh, they're going to be pretty frequent. Not sure if we're going to, we might try and fit another one in before Christmas. We might leave it and start up again in January. Not sure yet on that. But there's a long list of, of Cardiff City legends and former players who are going to be coming on those evenings. Like the one with Andy is £5. Like tickets, just what a bargain. Um, there is limited tickets. There's only a few few left. So if you want to come, I advise you to click that QR code there. Get it done straight away because uh, they, those tickets won't be around for long. And uh, if you want your say, let's talk Cardiff City. Of course, we play Blackburn Saturday. We talked about that a little bit on Monday. But I particularly want to delve deep into the Huddersfield game yesterday and look ahead to the Bristol City game on Saturday. And also, uh, you know, for, for newcomers to the channels, we don't just like to talk about the football and we don't like just, you know, hit all the, the clickbaity stuff and the, the obvious stuff. We like to delve into the tactics a little bit as well. So uh, if that's your bag, get involved, ask questions, drop comments, all the rest of it, because uh, we enjoy a good chin wag and a good chat. Um, my first question to you lot, though, is, uh, is it coincidence that Cardiff City won 4-0, four, four returned to form, the team looked better, the players looked better after we returned to the 4-2-3-1 formation and he ditched the the flat 4-3-3 with the three defensive midfielders, which I've been just banging the drum for for the last few weeks. That change in formation, I could understand it for certain games, but ultimately that change in formation coincided with the dip in form. Um, Earlier in the season, playing the four-two-three-one, we looked so fluid, and we looked, we just looked dangerous. Teams were struggling because we were so comfortable on the ball, just uh, playing it around the fullbacks, pushing up into midfield, and we just were very difficult to contain. Uh, you know, see the Swansea game, see some of the other games, um, and I thought it was particularly impressive. You know, any victory in the championship away from home is really difficult. So to go and play Huddersfield and, and play him off the park and, and win 4-0 is, is massive. It's a massive result, massive performance. But it means nothing if we go and shit the bed on Saturday against Bristol. We have to follow it up with a good performance. Um, I'm really happy for Robinson. Um, I think he's been patient. He's worked hard, by and large. I think he, the Watford game was the sort of one which stands out as maybe wasn't a good performance for him. But ultimately, apart from that, when he's come on, he has done quite well. He's worked hard, particularly. And um, look, I said at the start of the season, I think he's the best finisher at the football club. Um, I would like to see him as the number nine. However, the the people at the club, they fancy him as that number 10. And I thought he did a tremendous job last night. Like, not just because he scored and he got an assist as well. It was more like the, the work rate and the, the quality of his play really, really sort of was massive to the how the team played. Like having that option, having someone in that number 10 position just beyond a striker, it's vital because what you found is when he was playing the 4 3 3, 
with Rawls, Wintle and, and Sayopis. We're very comfortable on the ball. We are very capable of winning the ball, you know, in midfield and, and, and just knocking it about. We're very comfortable with the ball. We're happy with it. But we were, we were really lacking when we tried to play through the lines and transition from midfield to attack, particularly if we tried to do it with any pace because there was no one dropping deep. And, and unfortunately, the strikers that we have, um, you know, Ugbo, Atete, and even Mete, I don't think, like I said on Monday night at the fan show, if you could combine all three, you'd have a phenomenal number nine for the championship. Unfortunately, they all offer something, but they all lack something. The um, the link-up play from Mete is superb. Ugbo's got a bit of a... I think he, out of the three, he's probably the one that's struggling a bit at the moment. But he showed at the start of the season that he has got a knack for just being in the right place at the right time when the ball's banging around the box. I think Atete really pulled his socks up when he was getting a bit of criticism about his body language, not being strong enough, his work rate, etc. And he really stepped up and he scored three quality goals. He scored a great header. He scored a great sort of volley across the box. And then he scored a, a superb goal against Blackburn in the cup as well, in a tight space. Three very different goals, but three real quality finishers. And if he's got that in his locker, just needs to be a bit stronger physically in the link-up and keep working hard. I think there's a player there, which I wouldn't have said a few weeks ago. Um, I like Carlin Grant. I know some people get frustrated with him, like the Rotherham game. He was particularly poor in the first half. But he works so hard to, to help out Collins. And I think he's been vital to Collins finding a bit of form after his injury and stuff like that, having that extra help. But he's uh, deceptive. You know, uh, Grant is deceptively quick. Like, he's very capable of beating his man. Um, but I, I agree with something which Reese has just put in the comments there. He's, he's desperate to score. He's desperate to get a goal. And I think once he can get that goal, that will you'll see a slightly more relaxed version of the player. Whereas you look at Bowler, Bowler's come back in. He looks sharp. He looks relaxed. He's he's beating his man. Maybe Grant is just snatching at things a little bit, and and when it comes to that final decision, but you can't fault him. His attitude and his work rate for the team, and he's definitely he's definitely got something about him. I I do like him. Um, I think Bowler is surprising. He only played a couple of games before his injury, but um, you know he's a very very good winger for this level, and uh, he's he showed last night as well. Like whilst predominantly he's more of like that inverted winger that we see a lot of these days, where they, you know, they cut inside looking for the shot or to link up with the central players. But he showed last night that actually he can go on the outside if he wants to, and I think having that string to his bow, if he can go down the outside early in the game, it just puts it in the fullback's mind that you know he needs to be wary. He's not always going to go inside. But I like the way that Bowler linked up with Robinson. I thought overall, I thought Cardiff City were excellent last night. You couldn't fault them. I think we kind of eased off the gas a little bit towards the, you know, after the fourth goal. And maybe, you know, on another day, do Huddersfield get one back, which would have been frustrating because I think the clean sheet was almost as important as having the four goals. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I apologise. I've still got a bit of a bad a chest going on. What I would like to see, though, is um, I would really like to see Mete push on now because we've seen 
from his time at Reading, you know, he, he can score goals at championship level. Um, I was a bit disappointed with some of his finishing earlier in this season. However, I thought, you know, he took his goal well last night and hopefully that will relax him a little bit so he's not not snatching at things. Because I really like, with Mete, what he offers that I think Atete and Ugbo do not offer is he's really, like, really strong, strong link-up play. He can hold the ball up, he can bring others into play. And I think you saw that with some of the, some of his play with with Robinson last night. I thought it was it was really, really good. So, you know, hopefully he can stay fit and he can and keep going because I think there's something there's something there with him, although it's I still would argue that his finishing is uh, makes me let's just say it makes me apprehensive. However, I would say that, you know, strikers predominantly they play on confidence and when their confidence and goals are scored, they you know they don't think they they don't overthink it. They do think they finish on instinct. And I think if you can get a striker getting a bit of a streak together, then it's great. But it was so important. Like I thought Cyopis last night, like he's been a game changer for Cardiff City this year. Like we have been crying out for this sort of midfielder uh, who sits in front of the defense and but not just that, he's got the quality to control and dictate the game. Um I I really think like he's such a quality player. And for me at the moment, there's three players in this Cardiff City side who I'm looking at and I'm thinking, how the hell are we going to hold on to them in the summer if they, you know, if we don't go up? Because for me, Cyopis is absolute quality, NG and McGuinness as well, because of his age, I just think there's a there's a concern there that that it, the clubs will be sniffing about. And Cardiff have got a habit of of selling their their best players for not very much, which is a problem. But hopefully, yeah, you know, hopefully we maybe we'll sneak up in the playoffs. Um. So yeah. So my first question was you guys was was the four two three one was it coincidence to Cardiff as that was it as that performance been coming or or was it the change in formation that instigated the change in in performance, the change in form? Because for me. I, I said, you know, at the time, and I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks, when um, when we switched from 4-2-3-1 to 4-3-3, I felt like some of the players were struggling to get on the ball as much, like the wide players. I felt like the fullbacks weren't sure if they should join the midfield, should they overlap. It, like, they didn't... Everyone seems a lot more... Con- understanding of their role when we play that four two three three one and also it's about getting the best out of the players like yes you can't replace Aaron Ramsey like for luck because of you know he's such a quality player but we have got players who can play in that number 10 position so let's put round pegs in round holes which is one of the things which I've been saying all season I think is been massive for us this year is we're not trying to shoehorn players into the side out of position we're playing players in their best positions now again i would say is do i think robinson which should be the number nine i could see the benefits to it particularly at home however oh uh, yeah yeah it's, and like i say it's not so much like will says there Cyprus's class stop worrying about keeping players in the side um in the summer we're we're on the start of an upward trajectory so they'll stay for a second season 
the permanent signings anyway. I think um, my worry with the those three particularly is that, you know, Cardiff have got a history of selling their players. And ultimately what it comes down to is if the club is offered decent money for them, will they have the strength to say, no, no, we're, we're building something. These are the players that we want to build the side around because that's what they should do. Because if you want to push forward, you've got to keep your best players, particularly the ones who are at a good age. Um, I saw uh, Rob said, you can't leave Gutas out either. I think he's been solid. Yeah, no, the, listen, right. I think Gutas, I think Jamalu Collins has been excellent. I think the keeper's been outstanding. Um, I think, like I said, Bowler, I think Tan has been great. I just mean that those three, to me, if I was a you know a top championship club or even a lower league Premier League club, I'm looking at Perry Angie, I'm looking at McGuinness, I'm looking at their age, I'm looking at their qualities, their abilities, the way they can play different roles within their positions, the way they're so good on the ball. And I'm thinking I'll have a bit of that. Siopis, I thought last night was absolutely outstanding. And he's been he's had several good games for Cardiff, but I thought last night was particular, like he was so good. And um he just he controls the game, he dictates the game, and it allows Joe Rawls to really concentrate on what he's good at. So for so long, people used to were getting on Joe Rawls' back. Because he's, you know, he wasn't doing or he wasn't playing that well or whatnot for, for the last couple of seasons. I've heard a lot of criticism towards Joe Rawls. But I think it's because he was trying to do a role or trying to perform a position and a role that he's not necessarily suited to. Joe Rawls is good at keeping the ball moving, playing through the lines and doing the, the, the simple passes very well. And when you're a team like Cardiff are now who are very comfortable on the ball and are going to have a lot of the ball, you need those players to be able to play through the lines, to be able to clip little balls in through the press. And and that's what Cardiff are trying to do, is they're trying to draw on the press from the opponents and then play through it. And then occasionally, if the press is good, they'll go over it. But ultimately, you need a player like Joe Rawls. And I think that's why the manager seems to prefer the Siopis-Rawls combination. But Siopis has, has changed the game, not just for the team, but, but for Joe Rawls as well. But, you know, you can't knock Wintle. Wintle's been excellent, I think, since Siopis has come in. I think he's really lifted all of them. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, you know, that little change, which he, I mentioned this on Monday again, the, the little change of, of swapping McGuinness and Gutas around has done Gutas the world of good absolute world of good he just looks so much more comfortable and like it's such a basic like a little change of you know swapping sides you wouldn't think it would make that much difference but if you if you're you know particularly uncomfortable on on a certain side it, it can get in your head a bit and i think gutas has been a real uh a real leader and he's really shown up there's look i overall not just from yesterday Overall, the season, I, there's not a lot of criticisms that I could throw at Cardiff as a team, as individuals. I don't think there's, like, I wonder if um, Igugbo has got some sort of um, some sort of photographs of the manager sometimes, because I'm not entirely sure how he gets into the starting eleven in front of Meite, Etete, um, even Robinson, like I, I don't see how um, how 
Ogbo gets in. I just don't. I don't think he offers very much at all at the moment, which is a bit of a problem, um, if we're being honest. But it's not a big problem because you've got on the bench. We look so strong. Like we got Odalbe to come back. We got Ramsey to come back. But you had Grant and you had Bowler, absolutely like tearing their fullbacks apart last night. And then you look on the bench and you've got Tanner, you've got Ruben Corwell. And look, Ruben Corwell didn't do a lot after he came on last night. He was pretty anonymous. And I think what I would like to see is, <coughs> I would like to see now is he either gets an opportunity, which is, you know, 20 minutes or a start. If the if he's, that's not going to be the case, and if, Ra- if Robinson's going to be the backup to, to Ramsey in the 10, then let's get Ruben out on loan in, in January. To a you know to a good side who's gonna he's gonna play regular and let's see what he can do when he plays week in week out because there's something there but then there's also the argument which um, Dan from Cardiff Classic Shirts made on the fan show on Monday is that like it's not just this manager like a few managers haven't seemed to be able to find the right motivation the right positioning I, I'm not sure I don't think. In fairness, he's had a great deal of chances in, you know, in his favoured number 10 position. I think in the EFL Cup he did, and he scored a few goals and assists and stuff. So, look, he's just, he needs to play, ultimately, is what it comes down to. So, I think where I look at us now, I think that we could probably do with getting him out on loan in January. Um I think that would make a lot of sense for the player. I think it makes, you know, we've got enough there because you've got Robinson, you've got Ramsey, and you've also, you know, there's other players within the squad that some of the wide players could do it. One of the strikers, you know, Mate or someone like that could do. There's a few players who could do the number 10, particularly, you know, if we're going to be relinked or linked again with Kiefer Moore, you know, in January, and we were able to bring him in, then that obviously is another quality option. To me, I think if Cardiff could bring in a quality, quality number nine who's going to, you know, do bits in the championship. So say Kiefer Moore, just for an example. We could bring in Kiefer Moore plus a defender who can also comfortably play a fullback. I think we're cooking. Because I look at the defence, the, the first choice back four, I think, is about as good as we've had for a while in terms of combination and and what they're all capable of. But I worry that if Jamalu Collins goes down injured, then we have to we move Engie over to the left and we and we bring in you know Romeo. I do like Romeo, so I think that option to replace Engie on the right but on right is okay. That's fine. I like Romeo. I, I quite like Romeo in midfield as well. But um my kind of concern is is if Collins gets injured, we have to then, you know, we have to move NG about and, and we haven't really got that cover. And look, I was super excited about Panzo coming in. Um, I really like him. He's young, he's strong, he's really good on the ball and he's a good defender. He's very clever positionally. He's really excited by it. And I thought that he might be first choice before they made the switch with Gutas. I thought that he might take Gutas's place. However, the one start he had in the EFL Cup, he had an absolute nightmare. So if we did pick up an injury at centre-back, it might take him a few games to find his feet because he hasn't you know, he hasn't played a lot of football. But um, there's a player there. So I would like to see someone who can... I'd like to see in January 
someone come in who can you know can slot in a centre back, slot in a left back. But um, I, I trust the manager. I got to be honest. I think um, overall, where if I look, if I'm judging the manager on the season so far, I think he's shown that he's tactically very astute. He's very clever. He changes it up for the opponent, which I think is important. Yes, we we want to be in a position where we don't worry too much about what the opponents are going to do and just do our thing. But ultimately, you have to be realistic as one, we've been battling relegation the last couple of seasons. And two, the championship is such a such a difficult league that you come across so many good teams and you come across so many teams who, you know, on paper they might be down the bottom of the league and you think, oh yeah, we should beat them. And then you lose. Like there's there's the championship is full of those teams. So I think it's important to have a manager who is able to adapt tactically, to change the system, to change the personnel, depending on who you're playing. And I really think that that's important. But I my favourite thing about um, Baloo is that he's ruthless. You know, he, he's very much, he seems to have got the squad together and, and, you know, they're playing for each other and they're working for each other. But I like that he's got that ruthless streak and, if you're not performing, if you're not putting the effort in, he'll tell you. And if you're not putting it in, he'll tell the media. And if I think that's what this club has needed for a very long time is a manager with a bit of a backbone and a bit of a, a bit of a ruthless streak whereby you want a manager who can bring everyone together, which I think he's done a good job of doing. But also you need a manager who can make those big decisions when it's needed. And call out players if they need to. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, looking at some of the comments, uh, Matthew says, question, would you be disappointed if we finished outside the playoffs after the start we've had? I think before the season even started, a top half position would have been snapped up by most. Yeah, so this is my thing, right? Is you you know, you know have your expectations, you have your predictions, you have your hopes at the start of the season. However, you have to adapt that as the season goes on. You have to judge it on how the team's playing, how they're looking, even when they maybe don't get the results. Like, is it, does it look like it's coming together? Do we have the depth? And when you weigh it all up, I think, put it this way, if Cardiff City could play like they did against Swansea and how they did against Huddersfield on a semi-regular basis, so say like eight times out of ten or seven times out of ten, you played to that level. There is absolutely no reason why this side could not get into the playoffs this year. Because I can't tell you, like that performance against Swansea City was such a such a big performance. Like the quality and the way they went about their business. But it was how comfortable we've been on the ball. Like a lot of these players we've seen over the last few years, and some of them have not looked this comfortable on the ball. Not and you know maybe it's the managers have wanted to go very long and direct, but that Swansea performance was a real eye opener for me because we just controlled that game from start to finish. Swansea had one one chance right towards the end and and they missed it, but like the game was we controlled the game, we were comfortable on the ball, the movement off the ball, and the the the, the speed of the transition when we win the ball back in midfield from there to attack creating chances was absolutely outstanding i think that's been a a real asset to the to the team overall throughout the season is the transition from winning the ball 
to creating chances. And I think um, the Leicester game, I thought Cardiff were excellent in that game. And I thought we were really unlucky not to get a result. Even going way back to the first game of the season against Leeds, I thought we were unlucky not to get the result. But um, yesterday's game particularly was a you know a real good attacking performance, real good quality on the ball. So in answer to your question, Matt, um, if I think it, a lot of it depends on, well, there's a, there's a couple of things I think it depends on. Can we keep the back four fit between now and January so that that back four doesn't miss a lot of league games through suspension or injury? If we can keep them fit till January, I'd be fairly confident that we will defend very, very well. If we can keep Syopis fit and, and not suspended, you're pretty happy with the midfield, whether it's Wolves or or, or Wintle. So then in January, if you can bring in a a Kiefer Moore or who, you know whoever, like it may be the the manager will pull a, a Turkish signing out, someone from the Turkish league out, and and he'll be like a Syopis and and make us really look good. But I look at people like um, you know Bowler and and Grant have been impressive. But, but Oli Tanner has been superb this season. Every time he's been given the opportunity, whether he started or or come off the bench, I think most times he's made an impact or created chances. There was the one game where he got taken off at half-time and, and maybe one or two instances. But, I mean, overall, I would rate his season as an ex- as a bit of a coming-out party. I think uh, Oli Tanner's been, been excellent. He's unfortunate that he's got two very good wingers now in front of him and you've got a doubter but we you know you need four good wingers to play the system that we play so you've got a doubter and grant and then you've got tanner and you've got bowler that's tremendous depth and then if you could then make it so you have mate Kiefer moore and atete as your sort of three strikers battling out for the number nine position and then you've got ramsey and robinson and then whether Corwell goes out on loan or not, and then you could bring in a defender. I think you're cooking two signings, I think. And that would we need one defender for depth. We need an out and out goal scorer, striker. And I think look, the spine of the team for Cardiff at the moment is superb. You've got the goalkeeper is on fire. You've got the centre back pairing, which is excellent. You've got Syopis running games. You've got Wintle and and Rawls both performing well alongside Syopis. Then you've got Ramsey or Robinson. Obviously, Ramsey is a big, big issue. Um, and then I think if you can have, so you've got Ramsey, and then if you add in Kiefer Moore to that, that's like the final, that spine is as good as anything in the championship. And I would argue that for for with anyone. It's, it's interesting because, um, look, I, I think it's, well known that I said that I thought we were going to get Kiefer Moore uh, in the summer, and from what I gather, like it was close and didn't quite happen because um, Bournemouth couldn't get the player they wanted in. But I would expect us to go back in, or at least ask the question if we, you know if they can get him back in. Um, but there was a couple of players who I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked to have seen Charlie Savage at Cardiff, and I would have liked to have seen. Um, What's his head? The defender who left United. Um, oh, I can't remember his name now. Someone will remind me. Um, but he, I thought that the defender was one that I really wanted because because his ability to play all across the back four. He's really good on the ball, really quick, really strong, and um, I felt like he was a no brainer. But on a free, 
But um, you know, I, I fancy I like I trust the manager to 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 find someone who he likes who who can go to his system. I think the one thing with like Rob Boyle says, um, big fan of Kiefer Moore, but I wouldn't be upset if we didn't sign him and we looked abroad. The problem is Tunzebi, <coughs> that's it. Um <coughs> the problem is is the championship is so different to all the other leagues and it's so difficult. And if you want someone who's going to come in and score goals and you know they can do it at that level, I think Kiefer Moore ticks all those boxes. Then you've got the bonus of him linking up with Ramsey and stuff, you know, obviously Welsh teammates and stuff like that. So I think that's a big bonus. You bring in anyone from abroad, it's a, it is a, it's a risk. It's a real risk. But um, obviously, like like Matt says, which, what would be your wish list for January, apart from keeping more any names floating about? Um, yeah, I mean, if there was Charlie Savage, like i got to say, if there was any way you could get him out of red in on the cheap, I'd be well up for that. I think he's a good, real good player. Um, I don't know. I'd have to have a little look. I might have a, I might do a little video on that, though. Um yeah, no, Gutas and Syopis, but I mean, Syopis aside, because he looks so cut above, and I actually think he's probably too good for the championship. I think Gutas took a took a while to to get going in the championship, and the other the other issue is like just because those two have done it doesn't mean that someone else will. And we've seen before when we've signed strikers from abroad, they haven't always worked out. So if it was me, I'd be looking to bring a striker in. Either a young striker from the Premier League who has got a good goal scoring record, or someone who's already done it in the championship, like a keeper more. But I think um a defend a versatile defender is as important to give us a bit of depth at the back. It'd be interesting if the if the if how the club go about it. Do they you know, do they go hell for leather and really back the manager and try and get promotion this year or do they be sort of sensible and just say right have a defender and let's just go with what we got up front and let's build gradually or do they go you know right we're in the top 10 top eight let's go for it let's see what we can do because this there'll be players knocking about who, you know if you want to spend a bit of money you'll be able to do it so it'll be interesting in what approach Cardiff take really um One other thing I wanted to discuss is, well, I'll, I'll throw that question back to you guys, which Matt asked me, is would you guys be disappointed if we didn't, or if we, if we weren't at least in the playoff mix come the end of the season now? Or do you think there's such a long t long way to go that, you know, we could still end up in the bottom half? Uh, Rob says, uh, does Baloo have full say on who's purchased? No, there's the... The transfer committee isn't there, which is made up of the manager, the chairman, uh, Kenneth Cho, and someone else who I can't remember the name of. There's like a committee. They make the decision as a group, and then they they go. Um, Lorna says, "Not really. We need needs. We still need to keep building." Yeah, I think. Look, we got a few players on loan as well, and this is a problem which sometimes championship sides have is they have. You know, three or four on loan, they do really well, but then they go back in the summer, and you're kind of 
four or five players short or whatever. Um, I would imagine the manager has the, I don't know if he'd have the final say, but I think generally speaking, unless he asks for something outrageous, I think the board will back him where they can, because I think the, he's their man. That's who, you know, um, I think I discussed previously, uh, well, apparently we approached him a while ago before this, I think, um, when we appointed one of the previous managers and it didn't quite work out for whatever reason. So they obviously wanted him as the manager. They obviously fancied him. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see kind of how they back him, how they go about business, because we haven't been able to spend money for so long. Do we, you know, what do we do? What do we go with? Well, how do we go about it? Um, Bristol City are currently losing 1-0 to Ipswich. But um, I wanted to talk about this, um, this seven-side derby. Um, because Dan from Cardiff Classic Shirts made an interesting point on Monday, was he said that the kind of derby day, the derby hoodoo, if you like, has been lifted because we beat Swansea, so maybe the pressure's off a little bit. But I would like to see, I think um, this Bristol game on Saturday is almost as important as Swansea game in terms of, like, Cardiff, I think, really need a big performance on Saturday to back up what they did yesterday. Like, if we can go and get a convincing win against Bristol, I believe that we'll take so much confidence from that and we can really kick on. And we've got some real, really interesting games coming up in uh, in the league. But um, I'd like to take a, take a couple of minutes now. We're going to have a look at the Bristol City's um, form and squad and stuff like that as we as we preview um the seven side derby for Saturday. Uh, if you guys have got any questions, get them in now and I'll and I'll go to them after we've done the, the preview for this. Uh a quick look at the card. So look we got so we got Bristol on Saturday at home and then following that we have Stoke, Norwich, Preston and West Brom. Um, the Preston game is difficult, but they've dropped off. They've they've lost three of their last five games, Preston have. West Brom are in good form. They've won three of their last five. Norwich are obviously uh, struggling a little bit this season. They've lost, you know, they've dropped points in four of the last five. So, but there's some winnable games there, you know. Um, so, again, like we talked about the importance of Cardiff from the international break to international break, where we started by beating Swansea and overall it was a really good period. Now it's important that we build momentum and confidence from this period. Bristol is a winnable game at home. I'd like to see us really go after Bristol. There's no easy games in the championship. Every team can turn up and beat you. Stoke could turn up and, you know, we could play Stoke at their place and they could really turn on the style and put on a great performance. But the real, being realistic, they've lost three of the last five. They've won, you know, the other two, but they're 20th in the league. So if Cardiff do want to push on this season, they have to put a run together now. We've got two home games and two away games after the Bristol game. If we can take a good amount of points from the next five, I think we're going to be right up in the mix. And the interesting thing is we are 10, 11 points behind Ipswich in second. In the championship, 11 points can be made up quite quickly. You look at Middlesbrough, they've won seven on the bounce, I think it is. 
and they've gone from you know down in the relegation zone to level on points with us uh in ninth place there's one two three four four teams on 20 so now i'm not saying that cardiff you know should get to second and go for the automatics what i'm saying is it's not completely out of the question for any of the teams below ipswich there's that 10 point gap with how much of the season is left is very possible for someone to close that gap if they put a run together like Middlesbrough have just put. So Middlesbrough have won seven on the bounce. Let's just hypothetical dream world. If Cardiff were to win the next five games, I would say that they will be in third or fourth position. The momentum, the confidence, everything would come with it, and I would be hot on Ipswich's tail. So why not? Why not be ambitious? Why not go and see what this squad is capable of? Because I look at the squad and I think it's strong. I think we are strong in every position. I think every player in the squad is... <coughs> yeah, I just think... Um... Yeah, I think it's really good. I think um, I think that the squad and everything... I, I'm really happy with the squad overall, like the balance to it and everything. Just there's one or two signings I'd like to come in. So let's look at Bristol. Um, it's been a, a mixed bag from them this season. They let's have a look at their their form. So they're they're at home today. They're losing. Um, they <clears throat> they lost. Oh, they beat Coventry at home. Do, 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 do. They lost the leads away. So the, the form is very mixed. So I'm kind of interested in... I, I feel like they're there for the taking. I really do. I feel like if Cardiff play like we've been shown that we're capable of playing this year and he sticks with this 4-2-3-1 and doesn't revert back to this 4-3-3, I think we can cause them all sorts of issues. Look, they've got a couple of players who can cause you issues on their day. Um, the likes of Knight... Of, um, you've got Weinman, you've got um, James in midfield. Like these players on their day can can cause issues. Conway up front, I like as well. I like the left back Pring as well. But ultimately, I look at their side, and I think well, Cardiff have got a better eleven than that. The eleven we put out last night is well capable of causing them problems. So let's be confident. Let's play our football like we did against Swansea. Let's be comfortable on the ball. Let's make sure that the players are all given options off the ball. And let's play them off the park. Let's get the crowd up early. Get an early goal Saturday. The crowd will be bouncing. So get it going. Get it. Like, I, I want this kind of side to push on. And if we don't make the playoffs because we're not quite there yet, that's fine. But I want to see us go for it and, and push on and try to achieve what we are capable of achieving. Um, Bristol line up in like a 4-2-3-1, generally speaking. So you're not worried about their difference in formation causing us issues, maybe getting into certain gaps and stuff like that. So um, I think it's, there's a real opportunity for, for Cardiff to, to get a result against Bristol at home on Saturday. I'm um, going to go to some of the comments. Um, Will says, promotion this year will be too soon. Squad isn't good enough yet for the Premier Premier League football plus 
very few Saturday games in the Prem, so it's very awful. It's an awful experience uh, as a match-going fan. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm not that bothered about getting to the Premier League, ultimately. Like, it's nice, but I like the Championship, me. But, you know, you want to do as, as well as you can. Um, but also, I would look at any of the Championship sides, and none of them are... None of them are ready for the Premier League now. Like, you just got to win the league you're in and then build in the summer. Why I think um, Sheffield United and, and Luton are going to struggle this year is because they haven't strengthened sufficiently for the uptake in quality when you get promotion. Um, I don't think we need to go mad in, in January. I honestly don't. But you do wonder. But you never know with this... this uh, this board, like you just don't like because they haven't had been able to spend money. Are they going to just kind of go right? Let's go and just blow like whatever. I think if you can get Kiefer Moore for like four million, I think that might be a bit ambitious. But if like four, if you get Kiefer Moore for four million or a loan till the summer with an option to buy and like a defender or someone, I think you'd be cooking. I really, I really do. I think that. I think the playoffs and promotions will be within the grasp. And like I like I just said, I would really like to see Cardiff like push on and see what they can achieve with this side. Because as I mentioned, I really like the balance and I really like the squad. I think there's a good bit of depth there. Um, so I'd like to to see us push on. Um, Reese says Luton have been smart about their activity though, and they. If they are still in with a sniff in January, they'll spend a bit. Um, I slightly disagree, but I don't wholly disagree, mate. So my my thing with, with both Luton and Sheffield United is I don't think they've put together a squad strong enough to, to survive this year. But what they have done is they've got a squad which is very, very capable of going straight back up next year. So, you know, it's, it's a thin line, isn't it, between making sure that you're not full of super like you don't want to spend loads and be full of these players who if you do go down are just going to leave because then you're up shit creek but you also want to compete and i think sheffield united are really struggling Luton have been a little bit better but not massively but they're not the only ones struggling you know like burnley who everyone thought was going to be you know staying up because they play such great football and this and that like struggling and you know in their in their case do Burnley now because they're in the bottom three does company go right we're gonna have to abandon our principles of playing beautiful football and be a bit more pragmatic to not lose to try and get some points on the board and survive when does he make that decision does he make that decision it's, it's a difficult one um but looking at the at the the Bristol game from a Cardiff point of view, I think I'd be disappointed if we don't pick up a victory. The I just looking at the last five results against Bristol City is very even. Uh, so February twenty twenty one we won two 0 at their place. August twenty one they won at our place. Then they beat us. In 2022 at their place. They beat us again. And then we beat them at our place. So, I believe 
that we have got a better team than Bristol. And I, ultimately, I think we should go for it. Um, the, the back five picks itself. Keeper, Angie, McGuinness, Gutas, uh, Collins. I'd go Siopis. I I really like what Joe Rawls is doing at the moment, and I thought um, I thought so. I think I saw someone mention it in the comments. His uh, set pieces last night were superb. Everything was on point. I think I'd go with. I think I'd start with Rawls. I was thinking I might start with Wintle because it's a derby and it gives you a bit more bite. But gone. I, I think I would. I think I would go with Rawls to try and control the game, similar to what we did against Swansea. We we controlled that game from start to finish. With the way we kept possession, possession. <coughs> so I'd go rules, and I'd go surface, obviously. So this is where I might surprise some people, maybe, because everyone knows I, you know, I really like Grant. Um, I would go with Hannah off the left, and I would go with Bowler off the right, if assuming Ramsey's not going to be fit and back the young. Know, by Saturday, I would then go with Robinson behind and I'd go with Mete up front and I think that is a good enough side um, I think that that's a real good way to to push the team on and set us up and look then if it's getting a bit feisty in midfield or we're getting overrun physically or whatnot, we can bring in Winto for rules and then you've got the option to bring in Grant. You've got the option to bring on Colwell. You've got, um, you know, hopefully Tete's back from injury, although I don't think he is. Um, there's some players there. I, th I also think if come the end of the season, um, we're sort of like 11th and we're not going to get relegated and we're not going to get playoffs, I'd like to see the manager give some of the youth players a go um, like I really am keen to see Joel Colwell. Um, spoke to someone from from the club recently, and um, let's just say he would know. And again, he told me that um, Joel Colwell is is the real deal, better than his brother. Um, he's got a real shousery, nasty streak about him, but he is a quality footballer. And to me, I'm excited by that. I want to see him push on, and I would like to see him. Yeah, his opportunity. Like he, they, he's the sort of player, you know. I know he came off the bench in one of the EFL games. Um, so yeah, I think um, it's something that we can all build on. We can all look. We all want to see these kind of players and see if they're up to it. So um, yeah, I like it. I like it. I like. I'd like to see these players. And then you've got Kean. Uh, what's his name? Kean Ashford. So. We got some quality players coming through, so hopefully we'll see some of them on the bench and stuff towards the end of the season. Maybe if we have injuries, we might see them before that. Um, but yeah, I'd go with Mate up front Saturday. Um, I'd go with Robinson at ten, and I, because it's a home game, I would go with Tanner and Bowler as your wingers, and I'd really try and get a Bristol at Bristol in the wide areas. Ng and Collins pushing pushing up because you know you've got McGuinness and and. Gutas, and you've got Syopis sitting in front. Rawls is going to kind of try and get on the ball and dictate play. Syopis with that switch ball is so good. I would really like 
like when we've got a ball at home, I'd almost like to, uh, when we're pushing forward, I'd like to see us leave McGuinness and Gutas, Syopis sit, and I'd like to see Collins, Rawls and Angie almost be like a three behind Robinson or whoever's in the 10. Your wing is high and wide. Mate getting in and, and in the box and linking up. And I think it could cause, like, I think really think Bristol, we can get at them. Um, if you're asking me for a prediction of a score, I'm going to go with 3-1 to, Brist- uh, to Bristol. 3-1 to Cardiff. I really fancy us at home. And um, I think I'm going as well with my son. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, so if you're about, come say hello. If you see me, come say hello and uh, whatnot. Um, a reminder as well, guys, please. Uh, uh, Monday night is the Cardiff City Fan Show every every week at the, the Roman Tavern Pub. Please do come down. Come and have your say. Debates. We'll talk about a Bristol game. We'll look forward to the game after that against Stoke. We'll talk about whatever you want at all. Cardiff City as a whole. We'll talk about the January window. Come and get involved. If you don't want to be on camera, that's fine. Just come and say hello. Get a drink. Watch the show. And then have a chat and stuff after, and and let's just build it, build it up, build a community, build it all together. I'd really like to to get it nice and full by the end of the season on a Monday night, and and make it like a meeting place for Cardiff fans where you can just go on a Monday, have a couple of drinks, chill out, talk Cardiff City, talk football like we all love doing, and um, so yeah, please do come down. Um, you know, please spread the word about it. Encourage your mates to come down. Encourage people you know. I know some of you live a bit f- too far away, so like encourage people you know from Cardiff to come down and check it out. Um, <coughs> bring it on, baby. Um, Matthew says, hoping to be there Monday, mate. It would mean the world to me, mate, if you can uh, make it down. Honestly, would um, really. It's something that I'm very like. I want to build up and I want to make it successful, um, not just for me, but for, for Dan, because I really like what Dan is doing, who owns the pub, and um, and I really like what he's trying to do with the, the sorts of things, the events they're putting on. They're working with us as well to try and um, you know build these things on a Monday, build a Cardiff City show. He's embracing Cardiff fans, which not many pubs do. Uh, I love it, mate. And I really would, uh, if anyone, if you can get down, you know people from Cardiff, if you're from further away, encourage your mates to come down and come and have a say. Come and say hello, stuff like that. If you ever get a Tuesday off, come down. I know my um, my friend Jamie's coming down um, at some point from Britain Ferry. Not how he is, but um, he's coming down on a Monday. Can't fault him. Um, also, spread the word about the tickets. QR code's there. Only five pounds. Uh, come and join us. Myself, Andy Campbell, will be uh, answering your questions, and it's going to be great. Let's do it, guys. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, my voice is starting to go, so I'm going to probably call it a day there. Um, I appreciate you all. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, like Will's just said there, I have thought about um, maybe we can get some fans on via video links for the guys who are further away. It's certainly something which I'm considering. Um, we'll see how it goes, but I want to keep building it. Um, Dan from Classic Shirts is going to be down there again on Monday, so you can have a look at the shirts, all that. Don't forget that the Cardiff Classic Shirts are in the Roman Tavern on Saturday as well. So if you're in the city centre before you go down to Canton and to the game, 
go and have a look at some of the shirts they got. They've got some wicked shirts. And um, go and have a chat to them guys and, and you know, embrace it. Go see the Roman Tavern. It's a lovely place. And then join us in the 1927 Lounge on a Monday night. And hopefully I'll see you all on the 3rd of, 3rd of November. And hopefully I'll see you all again on the 1st of December as well. And um, we'll be announcing who that uh, that guest is soon enough. Um, all I can tell you is it's going to be a belter. Going to be a belter. Um, guys, it's been a pleasure. See you tomorrow night for Roger Giggs and football. Take care. Jobless. Sports Social Podcast Network.